This is Michelle Dawes Burke of Real Chicks Rock. And this is RCR Presents Real Discussions, the podcast. Enjoy. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions. I'm your host for today, Michelle Dawesbert, and I'm always super excited to be here. Yeah, my voice is not <laughs> my voice is not here. And we're gonna <laughs> I'm gonna explain why. Um for those of you guys that know me, I'm a househead. So yeah, right. Don't look at me like that, my guest. And so last night we celebrated ten years. 10, 10 years of Tambor Party, and I've been uh, honored to be working with Tambor for the last five years, and I was on the scene since year three, so it's like seven years of the movement. So last night, we celebrated, and it was just like, ah! So, yeah, today I don't have my voice. i get you some cough drops. Yeah, we need some cough drops when I finish this, today's show, but look, my smile is bright, and I'm excited to be here, so... Yes, so thank you everybody for tuning in and listening and checking us out. I just want to give a little background about what Real Chicks Rock is all about. It's all about creatively collaborating and connecting to raise awareness regarding issues that impact women. I know my voice is bad. (laughs) By way of community service, engagement, public speaking, mentoring, workshops, and the arts. And the arts represents the media platform, and so that's why we are here today. My guest is none other than the financial money expert, Carl Agard. He was on here twice before. Yeah, uh-huh. This is third time strikes the, makes the charm, strikes yeah, the charm. Yeah. <laughs> you like coming back here. So today is no different. We're going to talk about everything that Carl knows about because he knows a lot of, a lot of good things. Hi, Carl. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm honored to be back again three times. That's amazing. I can't believe it. The first you're, time you're, you called in. Yeah. You're a tough cookie. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're going to, one more, then you have to make me an official host. A co-host? Yeah, Real Chase Rock with Carl Agar. <laughs> I may have to consider that. Yeah. So, Carl, tell me what's going on. Tell the people just, again, we get new listeners all the time, so just a little snippet about your background so they know how much of an expert you are. Okay, cool. I was the uh, youngest black real estate broker in Brooklyn in the early 90s. I um, was buying and selling brownstones, um, rehabbing them. I had a real estate company, mortgage company for a long time, mm-hmm. moved to Atlanta in 2001. Mm-hmm. And then uh, after 9-11, I was relocating a lot of people in New York to New Jersey to an Atlanta area. Yeah. So everyone say, well, where all these New Yorkers came from? I'm partly you're part of, the blame for that there. Uh, <laughs> I also was building houses uh, out here in the Jonesboro Riverdale, Union City mm-hmm, area, mm-hmm. built houses in Charlotte, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I've written five books on real estate, credit, and business. Some of these I have right here. Yeah, there he goes. There he yeah, goes. There uh-huh. he goes. There he goes. There he goes. <laughs> I write for several magazines. I have a uh, nonprofit for financial literacy. Uh-huh. And um, that's it so far. That's it so far. <laughs> yeah, sound like you just I'm, getting started. Yeah, we got we got a, we got time, so I go over everything <laughs> as we go along. But just giving everybody a little bit of what I do. It's just, a little bit, just a snippet. You know, yeah. I want to kind of because we've had you here before talking about real estate and financial management, which were both very good shows. So thank you for that. I'm very informative. A lot of people walked away with a lot of information. I want to just really have some conversations with you today because there's some things that are just kind of like on my mind and. 
observations and things like that. And so because you've been here a while, and even though you have businesses in Atlanta as well as still up in New York and other states uh, mm-hmm. across the country, um, you have seen the change in Atlanta. You've seen the swell and the growth. And so you mentioned that you've done some building in Riverdale and Jonesboro. Are you, are you doing, still doing some building now in the Atlanta area? Not right now, doing like buying and selling. Okay. Pick up a property, renovate it, maybe do an Airbnb. We talked about that on your mm-hmm. last show. Mm-hmm. So everyone, you know, go find the podcast, YouTube, whatever. With the last show we did it was great information mm-hmm. about buying rental properties to um, rent out either Section 8 regular rental or Airbnb. So I'm doing that. Um, we also talked about a project in Augusta, maybe coming up in 2020, mm-hmm. um, buying houses, renovating them and reselling them and also holding on to them. Um, New York still, you know, we're doing, um, renovation on brownstones and selling f- as affordable homes. Mm-hmm. So that's stuff that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Give, give me just your opinion. What's, what do you think's going on with Atlanta? Why do you think there's such a, an enormous amount of growth in this term of there's lack of inventory. So there's so much building going on. What is your perception on perspective on that? Yeah, well, they're not building as much affordable homes as they need to. Okay. That's, so that's why let, let's stop right there. Yeah. They're not building what? Affordable homes Thank as they you. need to. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So everyone is basically um, doing apartment buildings. Yes. So you got um, corporations that are going in, they'll build apartment buildings. So that they could keep the rentals. Okay. So they got their rental cash flow, but they're doing big high rises, mm-hmm. big apartment units. I'm talking about 30 units on up. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone's building our houses, they're doing luxury homes. Right. So they're going to go and build a luxury home, sell it for about three hundred dollars to $600,000. Yes, yes. So now there's a void for affordable homes mm-hmm. that 100000 to $150,000 marketplace. Mm-hmm. If they do build it, it's probably like a townhouse. Yeah. But there's people that want a regular house. Yes, yes. And so there's a void right now because for the money purposes, the builders are trying to maximize what they're doing. So right now, and not even just Atlanta, across the country, there is a lack of affordable housing for your, you know, folks that Mm -hmm. just basically like start a home, Mm -hmm. you know, making $50,000 per year income and everything Mm -hmm. like that. They're Mm -hmm. getting the price out the market. Mm -hmm. So what are they going to have to do? They're just going to always have to rent if possible. Or is the homeless, the homeless population going to increase? Cause people are going to kind of get edged out eventually, right? Yeah. Well, my tips for people in that zone that say, Hey, you know what? I can't afford a $300,000 house, but I do want to own something. Mm. I don't want a townhouse. I do want to have some grass, some land, everything okay. like that. Okay. I say to them is like, people are going to be retiring. Okay. The baby boomers and they're starting already. So if you get and find those people that's retiring, you're able to get a good price on a house. So, you know, you're going to be able to get like a uh, ranch style house, okay, a smaller house, and you could renovate that through your own kitchens and bathroom, customize it to what you want. Also, you know, you always got people in foreclosure, people getting divorced, mm-hmm. people um, passing away, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you look out for those deals. So you get those houses in that price range, okay. you know, so that you could get that instead. And then you just tailor it to what you want in terms mm-hmm. of the bathroom kitchens and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What are the interest rates going for now? Right now for a first time home, by about four and a quarter. Okay. Not too bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Four and a quarter. So you figure a hundred to $150,000 house, you're looking like, um, maybe like anywhere from 700 on the low end mm-hmm. up to about $1,200. Okay. And that's still less than rent. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you're going to get a house about three bedrooms, four, three to four bedrooms, two, two bathrooms. So if you get between a 700 to 1200 range, that's still better than renting 
an apartment or a house because mm-hmm. now you're looking at eighteen hundred dollars. So still, rent, um, buying is more affordable than renting, and also you're gonna be owning the equity. So the house gonna appreciate in equity over time and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So you know you get that also. The thing is, though, that is true. Um, but there's still this thing called redlining. So now we have to be cognizant and careful about the locations in which we purchase our home. Correct? Yeah. Um, you know, you gotta have some areas that's gonna be more affordable because of the school district gentrification, um, stuff that's going on there. So it all once again depends on the person's taste, what they want to do, because okay. everyone is different. Mm-hmm. Some people may look for a location or a house because of school for their kids. They may look for a location because it's close to a job. They may look for a location because it's by a certain park or um, entertainment complex mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. So you know, those are the factors that people gotta look into when they're looking at a house. Do you think um, for for some of us that own homes, like um, we're always talking about multiple streams of income. So mm-hmm. we're trying to find how can we still be homeowners plus maybe get in the game of having this investment property. Do we really need to have a lot of money to start that up or what does that look like? Yeah, it's good to have some, not a lot, but some. Um, I think generally anywhere from, look, couple of thousand to five thousand dollars for the down payment. Okay. You know, you could do it like a uh, first time home buyer program, put three percent down. Um I do commercial mortgages and mortgages for investors. So those are like twenty percent down. Mm. So if you find a house for about maybe a hundred and twenty thousand dollars, you're gonna need about about twenty thousand or so to put down. Mm. But you'll make that money back when you either renovate it and sell it or when you rent it out. But to get in the game, you know, you probably need about maybe five thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. Generally speaking. Okay. The days of no money down is pretty much gone. You know, the banks eliminated that. Mm. So they want to see people put some skin in the game and make sure they're serious. Okay. So they're gonna have some sort of money to get in. But you know, hey, tax season's coming up. Mm. Um I tell people like, hey, you know, plan for your tax season. If you get your three, three to four thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars refund, start using that towards um, mm-hmm. investing in the property. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a recession coming? Oh yeah, definitely. It's here, it's here now. Yeah, you're the second person that oh, said, yeah, it's I here said now. that last yeah. night, and somebody said, "Oh, it's here now." Mm-hmm. What? How so? How so? Well, here's it. Now, being in the finance world, Come I on. get ground zero. Okay. Sit back. Yeah, we got to sit back. Yeah, we got to lighten up. So we're, we're a little bit serious. I don't want people to get off like, oh, this is so serious. No, we're we going to lighten up too. Sunday. Come yeah. on, bro. Tell them. Uh, All right, I'm going to sit back. So being in the finance business, yeah. go. I'm about to say, we're going to break your commercial come back. <laughs> yeah, being in the finance industry, you're at ground zero. When okay. Stuff happens. Okay. Okay. And so, you know, a lot of my banks are private banks. Um, hedge fund companies that do commercial lending. So their stuff is contingent upon what's happening in the marketplace. You know, so anything goes wrong, we're going to feel it first. Mm. So last year when um, Trump did the tariffs with China, Mm. about June of last year, we saw the effect immediately. Yeah. When you do the tariffs, a lot of goods and products are made in China. Yes. They cut back on manufacturing. When it cuts down on manufacturing, it's going to hurt the products here in America. Mm. When it hurts the products in America, that means the factory is also going to slow down. When the factory slow down, they cut down on wages. When they cut down on wages, on. it goes down to the American worker. Come on. When they go down to the American worker, it goes down to people buying. When people are not buying, that means the stores are not pushing out Come products. On. When they're not pushing out more products, they're laying off people. When they're laying off people, people are not buying houses. Ooh-hoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so like that. When that happened, so when 
the banks see that people are not out there mm. buying food, clothing, everything like that. Guess what they're doing? They're not giving out the credit cards. They're not giving out the car loans. They're not giving out the mortgages because they feel that if production is getting cut back, wages is going to get cut back, mm-hmm. people are going to get laid off. They're not going to be going out buying cars, mm. houses, and credit cards. Mm. And if they do, they're going to default. Mm. The banks don't want defaults. Nope, nope. So what happened now, the banks start constricting lending. Mm. Um, and everyone, I'm an economist made from Syracuse University, so I studied <laughs> this stuff, okay? So I'm just going to do that plug. Syracuse, go orange, but I got an economist major. This guy is too much. I yeah. keep bringing him back. I got to stop. Mm-hmm. Go. So... <laughs> When you have that going on, if it don't correct itself and it's prolonged, then it gets into a cycle. Mm. Then you have a recession cycle. So people are saying, oh, it's coming. No, it's already here. Mm. You know, I could tell by phone calls. When, say last year, someone called me for a business loan. Yes. I need a loan because I want to expand my business. Now they're like, I need a loan because I need to keep my doors open. I got to make payroll. So that's a big difference. Yes. People calling like, okay, I want to sell my house because I want to take my money by another house. So I want to move to a better place. Now I was like, Hey, I got to get rid of this. I can't afford this. Mm. So that's how you know that you're inside of a recession. Mm. So no matter what they say on TV, you know, the um, radio stations, TV stations, what you're reading, you know, we feel it at ground zero. Mm. So, you know, part of what we're going to talk about later is a recession guide Mm. to get people through it. Mm. But you're in it already because, and then another thing too is uncertainty. Mm. When you have uncertainty between the government, everything like that, the banks also restrict lending and giving out money. Yeah, yeah. A lot of uncertainty. So whenever yeah. that man get out there, start tweeting, you got impeachment, you got a lot of stuff going on. There's uncertainty yeah. that's caused by it because they don't know what's going on. When no one knows what's going on, the banks stop lending because mm. they like to have a direction. This is what's going on. And we could gauge what we're doing mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. But when there's no uncertainty, the stock market has been crashing. You know, you have the Dow dropping 300 points in a day. Mm. It happens a lot. That's when you have the signal of is a recession. So how did we get to a space, Carl, that this all of this building took place, even though we've always been in a recession? Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Like, who who made that move to really be like, okay, we're just going to go out here and build and just absorb land and mm-hmm. build warehousing and do all this other stuff and luxury homes, to your point. I mean, how did we get there? Like, how who yeah. pulled that trigger? Well, what happened is that we had the big recession, of course, from 08 on, right? Yes. Then you had expansion. Mm. So then uh, it wasn't expanding like it was before, but it started getting better. Okay. So everyone bet on that. Like, okay, look like it's getting better. So now let's get out there so that when people really start making good money, we have the product in place already. Mm-hmm. But then when you have crazy stuff going on in the government, now that pulls back again. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, now you got people that's out there building and doing stuff on the assumption that things are going to go good. Now they got to start pulling back now. Mm-hmm. So we always use the term as... When you're in the ocean, you're turning a luxury liner back. Mm. It takes a long time for it to come back and turn back to shore. Gotcha. Whereas in your little rowboat, you can come right back. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's, that's what's happening. So you're going to see stuff going slower because it's not that easy to pull back. Okay. Okay. But people are still marching ahead and going forward and doing what they do. Yeah. So for those of us that are conservative, right? Mm-hmm. And we're trying to pay attention and we listen to people like you and other financial experts. Mm-hmm. 
when would be a good time for us to really buy anything? Should we buy now? Should we wait till the recession really hits and then prices really drop and we get in there? Like, what, do you, what is your opinion? Yeah, well, the recession is always good to get in because you're getting lower prices. Because when you have expansion, the numbers are higher. Yes. You know, so, you know, like, say, a couple of years ago when things was looking like it was going pretty good, mm. um, you know, people was out there buying houses, the prices went up, you know, um, wages was going up. So you're buying at a higher point. Now, when you do have a recession, that means people are losing their jobs. They're getting laid off. They're not really buying. They're not expanding. They might want to downsize. You're going to get a better deal on a house because now you don't have as much competition for one. And then also people like trying to like get out of their stuff. So I always tell people the best time to buy is during a down economy. Now I've been a part of a few down economies and I started real estate in the mid nineties and you know, you had the dot com bubble. Forget out there. Let me tell you something. People forget (laughs) stuff, you know, but I'm going to remind you about a few things. Now, I bought during the dot com okay. bu- bubble bus. All right. That was about ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then you had nine eleven. Yes. Nine eleven not only affected New York, it affected everywhere because it was a war. Right. When you have war, things slow down. Mm-hmm. Um so then I, I dealt with that. Then in the the Great Recession of two thousand and eight. Yes. Lived through that part. Yeah. So I've been a part of about three or four recessions, mm-hmm. some bigger than others. Okay. And what I saw during that time frame is that I was able to get better deals during that time mm. because people was getting laid off. They're getting rid of their house. There's not as much competition. Uh, Cause you know, when the economy's good, everybody, you know, is trying to get in. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, the radio a couple of years ago, all you heard during the radio, meet me at this hotel and I'm going to teach you how to get money house with no money down. Everybody yeah, was doing those yeah, seminars yeah, during that yeah, time. They were, they were. Now they ain't, they're not doing it as much. <laughs> it's quiet. It is yeah. really quiet. Um, so when you um get in during that time frame, you don't really have as much competition. We don't have as much competition. You had to get better deals. So, you know, what me and Michelle are going to do is going to give you the blueprint of what you need to have during that time frame of a bad recession, your recession survival guide, meaning, you know, how your credit should be looking, what houses you should be looking for, what to invest in, everything like that, recession-proof stuff that you should look into um, during that time frame. I don't do I should go into go it. Go in, or? slide in. Slide okay, in, Brooklyn, slide right go, in. Okay. Brooklyn, go. So let me go check my phone. People are already calling me. <laughs> they, they, look. Look, yeah, people are already texting and talking about, <laughs> man, get right into the recession yeah. guy. You know, they want to know what's going on. You know, Come this on. Is, this is inside tips you're not going to get. I hope y'all people know. <laughs> Come on, Brooklyn. Let's okay. go. So in terms of your credit and your budget, when you're going through a recession, you don't know if you're going to lose your job, really. Also, you don't, you don't know if you're going to get laid off. I always tell people, first thing you want to do is cut down on your expenses. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you want to manage your cable bill, your utility bill, your car insurance. So if you can't make more money, try to spend less. Gotcha. Um, so evaluate your um, ancillary expenses. So you want to look at your car insurance. Okay, do I need to sw- switch car insurance carriers? Um, do I threaten them and say, hey, I'm about to, um, so I do it all the time. You know, I threaten them and say, hey, I'm about to get off. And next, you know, they come with a better insurance plan. Same thing with your cable company. You want to cut the cord. You want to say, okay, um, this is what I just did, matter of fact. You know, my cable company, they didn't want to, give me any break. So then I threatened to cut the cord. Then they say, okay, we'll give you a better plan. So then they cut me down 50 bucks, but it adds up. 
Then what I did too was I got rid of my cable boxes because now you got these smart TVs. So what you do now with your smart TVs is that you get a smart TV, you get rid of your cable boxes. So that's ten dollars a box. Now I have four or five cable boxes. Mm. I got a nice house with kids and everything. <laughs> so I saved myself about fifty, sixty dollars by getting rid of my cable boxes. So now I got smart TVs. Yes. So everything run through the smart TVs, yeah. which is on the Wi-Fi. Right, right, right. And uh, I cut down my car insurance. And then another thing I did was my cell phone. I had a, a, a cell phone plan, but I've been winning for a while. So I said, hey, listen, if you guys don't cut my cell phone plan down, I'm going to go switch to another carrier. Mm-hmm. And then they cut my plan down, too. So just that alone, I saved about $120 a month. Okay. Don't seem like a lot, but it's a lot, it's though. A lot times 12, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, like yeah. a drink I could buy you, you know, yeah. when we go network or whatever. I could hey. say, hey, Michelle, you know, I could get you like now a Now you shot. can get me a drink now. There you go, yeah. yeah. Because things were tight before. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was being tight. Yeah. And 120 a month is a lot, but it is a lot for some people because, um, for anybody, because money is money. We're not here to begrudge or demise. Yeah. We're not Mm -hmm. trying to demise any amount because all amounts can add up to something. So, okay. So that's the blueprint. So so think of that. 120 a month times 12. Mm -hmm. We're going to do some math. That's, uh, a hundred. That's a thousand. One thousand four hundred forty dollars. Mm-hmm. All right, is my math right? Mm-hmm. I got a calculator. Yeah, yeah, go on. Okay. Keep I going. want everyone out there, y'all, get your calculators out <laughs> because it's gonna make sense when I get to it. Okay. Uh-huh. So one twenty. Yep. Times twelve. Twelve. Yeah, fourteen forty. Remember, I, I, economics major. I do the stuff in my head. One thousand four hundred and forty dollars. Mm-hmm. One time, one of my mentors told me they said you got to know mathematics or real estate mm. to make or break your commission. You better know your three times, your six times table because that's how our commission is paid, yeah, yeah. and then also know your ten times table okay. because some commission might be ten percent. So now, if you save one thousand four hundred forty dollars per year, mm-hmm. the average increase in salary is maybe five hundred dollars. Yeah, a year. Think yeah. of that. Yeah. Now. You guys may go to your boy and say, I need a raise. They're going to raise you maybe $500 for the whole year. Yes. But I just saved you $1,440. Yeah. So if they don't raise you, you could also lower it. Mm. You gave yourself a raise. Mm. Hello. He said hello. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. The money expert is here. Now, another thing that you do, we talked about your household expenses. Now, yes. you also got a budget. Yeah. People got to have a budget. Now, if you... On the show, and you IM me through Facebook or DM me, I could send you my income and expense report. This is what I do for people when I modify their homes, I restructure their plans, I do their credit. Because I always believe budgeting is just as but just as good as credit. Okay. Improving your credit, your budgeting. So we always tell people get a um income and expense. One hand is your expense; you write on everything. How much your rent? Car, car insurance, car payment, food expenses, cable, utilities, water bill, um, even when you go out entertaining. Because that adds up too. Yeah, that's you know that's, that's the hard part right there. In Atlanta, you could spend a hundred dollars a day. I know, we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. For those that wasn't here last one, you could go back, but real quick, <laughs> I told them that I, I used to spend three thousand dollars a month just hanging out. And they were like, No, that's impossible. So think yeah, about it. Yeah. If you spend a hundred dollars a day, Mm-hmm. Between food, drinks, pay park, parking your car. Yeah. Um, it's a hundred dollars easy. You go out every single day. Yeah. Now, not partying. You could just be going to a brunch. Yeah, yeah. You could go to, um, it a, could be a, about a work. Meeting, it could be about work, work and networking. Taking your kids out. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, Dave and Buster's. A hundred dollars a day adds up. Adds up. That's three thousand dollars. You do half of that, fifteen hundred dollars. Easy. Easy on entertainment expenses. After one of your shows, you went out. I know. Me and a couple other people that was on your show, we spent a hundred dollars. Easy. (laughs) Yeah. It was a good show. Yeah, we've cut back now. We don't go out anymore. Yeah. We don't go out. We just text. Everything virtual is free. <laughs> we text and we talk on the phone. We don't go yeah. out anymore because we're trying uh-huh. to watch this money. But yeah, so you're talking about just saving in that regard, just staying, staying within a budget. I think a lot of us, Carl, we don't mind. Like we got the operating expenses down, right? We'll yeah. make those, we'll make those calls. Like you said, we'll cut some things, you know, maybe we'll get rid of some pay-per-views. It's, some people do it seasonally. Right. Like when their shows come in, yeah. they do it. Then they get rid of the it when power. it's gone. The power and yeah, Game okay, of Thrones and all that. Weeks, you know yeah. what I mean? Like Game uh-huh. of Thrones and all that. So I think that cadence is all right. Mm-hmm. I think it's the entertainment piece. Yeah. Um, and just us as people of color, we got to get hair and nails. And uh, there's just, there's just like personal maintenance and then entertainment that people are like, ah, I got to yeah. go out to eat. I got to do right. this. I got to do that. And that's the hard part for yeah. the budgeting part. That right. is a discipline that most of us do not have. Right. And even if we do it for a while, then we blow it because then we said, I deserve it because I've been good. For all these weeks, and I'm gonna go out, and I'm gonna turn up, Me and I'm gonna do this. Yeah, yeah, and you don't want to torture yourself either. <laughs> so I always tell people, hey, you know, you just gotta monitor it. Okay. I mean, you don't want to tell people, hey, stay in your house and don't do anything, right? You right. know, but you know, life is life. Sometimes you just gotta go out there, try not try to hang with friends, gonna make you money and not at make you spend, spend money. money. Yeah, that's very important. Think of this. Yeah. All you guys listening and watching and everything. Think of your friends, your circle of friends. When you're out with them, are y'all talking about making money or you're just talking about hanging? Yeah. Because if you're talking about making money, then you're paying for itself. Mm-hmm. You know, you get yourself a team of people. You could um, do a little business together, buy property together. Mm-hmm. Someone may know like a better job or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people to look at your circle of friends, you know, because, you know, if you're out with a bunch of people and, you know, they want you to, oh, man, I don't have it. Can you get me this time? And then you're not talking about making money, mm-hmm. you know, then that's it there. So yeah. I say, hey, go out. Have yourself a good time, but then go out with people that, you know, either could help with the bill sometimes and also, you know, positive people that could tell you, you know, hey, man, I know about something going on that we can make some money on. I know of a good opportunity. Hey, let's talk about some real estate. Let's talk about how to build your business. Mm-hmm. You know, and then next time we go out, you can tell how to help build my business. Right. And right. then when we go out, right, right. we talk about each other business. Yeah, we talk business the whole time. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we're in real estate, we're in media, mm-hmm. you know, um, we say, okay, you know, what can we do to make our businesses a little bit yeah. better and everything yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. You gave me the biggest compliment. You said, I've only known you for a year. We've done so much together. I feel like I've known you for 10 years. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, we went to the event that we met each other last year, the sneaker ball. Yes. And we couldn't believe that it was uh, like a year. It was just a year. But we've done so much, about three radio shows, yeah. a lot of networking events. we done sent people back and forth to each other yeah. for shows and stuff like that. Yeah. We had a known mutual people also. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like you had about three people I knew that was on your show. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But my, my whole um, knowledge base has grown just having you on the show. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to have you here to extend it to other people because these are the questions we have and we need people like you in our midst because we don't understand or we don't know how to get to the information, the true information. And what it is, is a lot of people are talking about gentrification is not bad if you can be a part of it. And so the questions is, 
how can we be a part of this change that's going on in our communities and our neighborhood? And it's really about resources and money. So how do Mm -hmm. we take what we have and be able to sit at the table to influence change? Yeah. Well, a lot of hot topic everywhere's gentrification because it goes online, a lot of different cities like, um, Brooklyn, I was in the beginning of the gentrification, yeah. Bed-Stuy, Crown Heights, you know, before the Barclay Arena was up. And unfortunately, I tell people, it's going to happen with or without you mm. because the powers that be, they have the money and the resources to get in there. So what you got to do is, one, as you know, it's about to happen, get in there and buy houses so that you either could have it there or sell it to those as they come in and profit off of it. And then also there's going to be resources that those those people going to need when they get in there. So you got to target like, hey, well, what do I got to put in there that I can make money off of that? That's all like yoga, a mm. yoga studio, mm. or dog care. Well, I mean, no, being real talk. I know. Yeah. You know, like those that were smart to say, hey, this is going to happen with or without me. How can I benefit from them? The smart yeah. ones got in there and they open up a yoga studio, a dog grooming, restaurants, mm-hmm. you know, a bar, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And they benefited off of it, you know, because you're either going to be on one side of the fence or the other. Same thing with the recession. What side of the fence are you going to be on? Now, I was on the right side of the fence with two recessions. I had my money, my credit right. When the um, big real estate market crashed in 08, I was on the wrong side of the fence because, you know, I had to file bankruptcy. You know, I was billing a lot of stuff. I had to regroup. I was trying to get people in and say, hey, this is the time to get in. They were scared. And they missed out a lot of good deals because they were scared. I'm like, man, if I was on the right side of the fence, I could have really benefited. Mm -hmm. Now, this time I'm going to be on the right side of the fence because my money, right? My credit's right. Everything like that. And I got the knowledge Mm -hmm. because I've seen all these cycles and knowing that it's a temporary cycle, but you got to get in there, get what you can, build your assets. And then you keep it for the long haul. You can sell it short term or do a mix of both. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you this. So um, a friend, a, a a couple of friends of mine were, were talking about real estate investing and that type of thing. Is it better to Airbnb versus renting out the property? What do you think? It depends on the location. Mm. Like if you got a place like by arena, colleges, parks, you know, entertainment is good to do an Airbnb because okay. people are going to be coming in and, in and out, out of town. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you got a place that's a little further out, but in a good school district, yeah. then it's good to then rent it out because then you're going to get your money because people want to be in good school districts. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I tell people, yeah, it depends on the location. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So for to be recession proof, um, we want to kind of follow the trends, right? So is now a good time to start buying or should we wait till it just, is it more 2020? Mid twenty twenty, what what do you think is going to be, Carl? Um, I say, well, it's already going on, so you 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 can start plucking deals right now, mm, okay? Because people are already getting laid back, laid off. Um, people already is like, mm. um, losing money yeah. and want to um get out of it. Same thing if you want to buy a business. Some business already folding up, you know, because they can't sustain it, or you know, um, some didn't budget. So one thing I say in my book, um, this real estate book here that I written is like, you 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 make your money when you buy not when you sell okay and people say well but you make your money when you sell no you make it when you buy because when you buy the right way you've made your money mm. so a lot of times when i buy stuff i buy stuff below market value and and then also i negotiate a short sale i can negotiate with the bank get the bank to take off money off the mortgage when the when the bank take the money off the mortgage of that person now once again it frees up equity mm-hmm. so that's how i make my money in yeah. the beginning mm-hmm. because i'm not buying at full value and hope it appreciate. I'm creating my appreciation because I'm going to buy a just a distressed house 
And a distress house is someone that's going through a divorce. Someone passed away. Mm -hmm. They lost their job. Mm -hmm. They got to, like, move, relocate in a hurry. So I'm going to now get that house because it's going to be like a fire sale. Mm -hmm. Or I'm going to go to the bank and negotiate a fire sale. You know, negotiate a a short payoff, a short sale. Mm -hmm. So that's how you make your money when you buy, not when you sell. Because then when you say, for example, a house worth 200000 now, most people are going to say, I'm going to buy for 200000 I hope it would be worth two fifty. Right. Now, I'm going to try to that same situation and see if I can negotiate with the bank get it for one thirty. Now, I got 70000 in equity right there. Mm-hmm. So, I know I made my money. So, yeah. I either could now sell it for two hundred. Right. I could sell it for one fifty real quick, made 20000 mm-hmm. So, I made my money when I bought it. Now, how do you get a, the information about houses being in distress, as you say? Is it because you have a relationship with financial institutions? So, the mm-hmm. common average person like myself, I wouldn't be able to get exposed to that information, would I? No, but I got another way you can get exposed. Okay. Here's okay. a tidbit right here. Okay. This is why y'all should be paying her good money for this stuff. <laughs> I always tell people, and I had said this on a radio show one time, is that you go out there, network with professionals, mm-hmm. for one. Two, you know, know an area. Find an area that you like to be around. Or mm-hmm. you, you might be an area you're in already. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're talking to people. Mm-hmm. The more you talk to people, the more you get to know. Okay. Get to know the mayors of the area. Okay. Like, the funny thing in Brooklyn, people always laugh at crackheads. Crackheads are one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. The best brownstones I bought in Brooklyn was because of a crackhead told me about it. Mm. Because while everybody's ridiculing that crackhead, I would say, hey, you know, here's a couple of dollars. You know, whenever it's snow, can you shovel, you know, my properties? Hey, you know, can you take out my garbage when the garbage truck comes? Mm. And, you know, I never disrespected that person. So guess what? The crackhead know everything going on. He would say, hey, man, I know of uh, (laughs) Do you want to last so back? We're going to make this show light, though, you know? But this is serious. This is real talk. <laughs> it's called yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah. That's just you. Yeah. You know, you're using you know, you're just using all your resources. Yeah. He's like, hey, you know, I know of a brownstone <laughs> that my boys was in, and you could get it for a steal. Just take care of me. <laughs> literally, I literally got a brownstone for $25,000 that way. Stop it. Get yes. out. And I sold it for $300,000. Matt, cut his mic off. Yes. Get out of here. 636 Monroe Street. Y'all could. <laughs> Look it up. You'll see my name on the chain of title. I got it for $25,000. Are you serious? And what did you sell it for? 300 Damn. Yeah. And that wasn't overnight now, but. I understand. 300000 is 300000 Yeah. You know, I had title issues. It was like New Jack City and they had to get people out. <laughs> you had dogs running all over the place. But hey, 300000 yeah, $300,000. Yeah. Mm. I n- never forget. So one thing about. So one thing- I literally, he said, I, I could get this home for $25,000. <laughs> I took him and his guys. I went to the bank with a deed. And I, I said, I need $25,000. They signed the deed. We notarized it. They gave me the keys. I just had to do it with the headaches afterwards. Oh, my gosh. But it, I'm telling you, no, real talk. It was because a part of me finding out the best deals, I talked to everybody. I talked mm-hmm. to people. Yeah, yeah. Neighbors, everything like that. And that's how I used to get good deals also. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't even know how you talk to people because you're shy. Oh, I just said that earlier. Yeah, I'm shy. You know, radio. I'm so nervous when I do radio shows. No, I'm not. so you're, nervous. You're fine. You're yeah, fine. I'm you're nervous, fine. Guys. I think the one thing is too, though, we have to be patient. Like, like four hundred ones or any other investment. Yeah. We have to be committed to it and let that sit and not be so quick to move and be, yeah. you know, reactionary. But just mm-hmm. understand it may take some time yeah. based on the market, based on the neighborhood, just based on other variables to see that kind of money or to see a profit in general. Right. Or see. The 
a good deal and do reading. Yeah. A lot of reading, research, mm. research the areas and everything like that. Mm. And sometimes you got to like go out in faith and go against the grain. Like I go where nobody want to go basically. Yeah. Like where everyone's going somewhere, I'll go somewhere else. Mm. You know, because everybody want to go, oh man, I heard this is going, everyone's over there. Then it's not good because now you're going to pay higher prices. Mm-hmm. When you do your research and find out, hey, you know, this school is opening up. This college is expanding. They'll open up an entertainment complex, a sports facility. And you'll know about it in advance because you might see an article. Um, also, too, if you get a part of your local community board and go to the community board meetings, you're going to know everything that's going on in the future because they're doing the planning. So I was a part of a lot of community boards. I, I was in community board in Brooklyn. Mm. When I moved here, I was in community board out in Union City, South Fulton County. Mm-hmm. I'm still a part of it now. Nice. Um, when I uh, went to Charlotte and St. Louis, I always go to a community board to find out what's going on because that's where you know five to ten years in advance what's about to happen. Mm. Then you know, okay, I need to start looking around this area, knowing the who's who and everything like that. How do you join the boards? The you community boards just show up? Yeah, you literally. Like it's a, a, a open public meeting mm-hmm. where elected officials, um, community board leaders, developers, um, merchants, they all just come together. And just talk about what's about to happen. And you can just show up as a public meeting. Mm-hmm. So I tell people, yeah, you got to go to um, the, the boring stuff, community board meetings. Same thing, yeah, like when you have kids, you know, you go to PTA meetings. <laughs> and a lot of people don't want to go to PTA meetings, but that's how you know what that's the school what's is up. doing. That's like, what's seriously. going on. Yeah. You yeah. got to go. Mm-hmm. You got to go to those meetings to understand. Yeah. So do we have our guidelines for re- recession-proof living? Yeah. So we we talked about credit and budgeting. Okay. So the main thing, just to recap, is um you want to... Have an income and expense. You write everything down. See what you could uh, cut back. Evaluate your expenses. Start hanging out with positive people. If you do hang out, people that could help you also grow your money, not those that's just going to, like, order stuff and walk away when the bill comes. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite one is, like, you know, when I used to road trip, you road trip with somebody, and then when you get to guests, they just start going, they're sleeping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Avoid those people during a recession. Um, we talked about real estate part. During a recession, you want to uh, basically look for good deals. Mm. You want to look for stuff that's below market value, distressed property, because what's going to happen is people are going to start losing houses. They're going to want to start cutting back, downsizing, leaving the area, getting other jobs, and they have to sell fast. So you want to get those properties. Um, and that means that's why you got to get your credit good. Mm. So you want to get your credit good. You want to get your money right so that you're able to um, – you know, get in that. You don't want to be like, oh man, I know somebody can't do anything. And then, you know, you miss the opportunity and then someone else jump in, you know, and then you see the fruits of their loins. You know, I've seen it also. Yeah. Um, so real estate wise, you know, those are the tips right there. Um, business wise now, which is this book here. So on the business tip, you want to find out recession proof business. So if you're a, a business owner, and you want to know how do I get through a, a, a recession? Because I do a lot of um, small business financing. One thing I learned, barbers and beauty salons. Yes. Recession proof. Yes. Your hair's not going to stop growing. Is it? No. It's not going to stop growing. No. Yeah. And I mean, let me tell you something. And we're going to talk about recession stuff. Okay. For businesses. Come on, come on. I had a real estate agent, right? In 2007. Working for me. Here in Atlanta, real good. Shout out to um Dan Brown, Exodus Barbershop. It's on uh, Memorial Drive. But he was doing real estate with me, but he also has a barbershop. 
minute of recession hit, he just did his barbershop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, man, you lucky. Because his place is always packed. Yeah, yeah. You know, here them now I'm a real estate guy. I'm 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 dying. <laughs> Selling no houses. I'm losing money hand over fist. And this guy, he he got it. Six barber chairs. Yeah. He made money from each barber that got paying him the, the daily rent. Right, right. He got people coming in Fridays and Saturdays. Hair's not going to stop. You got to get your hair cut. Then same thing on the, the women's side. Mm. Women's still going to go get their hair done. We, we, They're yeah. going to buy the weaves. They're going to get their hair yeah, done. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that's not going to stop. Yeah. And so for those people out there, I mean, that's a, that's a good business, mm. you know, to invest in or. If you want to do it, yeah, be a beauty salon, it. yeah, yeah, the beauty industry, be, yeah, um, restaurants. Because we spend a lot of money on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, restaurant business, but it depends. Yes. Um, what I found out, takeouts mm. is good. Simple takeout. Yeah. Simple menu. I I had a Vietnamese family. Mm-hmm. I did their business loans, mm. and I was astounded. They was making a hundred thousand a month. And all they sold was six things on the menu. Come and it was on. all takeout. Uh-uh. They was there from only 11 in the morning to 4 in the evening. That was it. No weekends. Because their location was by Georgia State yeah. University. It was by the office buildings. And it was by the underground. Uh. So they got that lunch crowd. Yeah. Line out the door. But it was quick. Like Chipotle's. Yes. And they made their money from 11 to 4. And made $100,000 a month. Mm. Nothing on takeout and only has six things. You're either going to get noodles or rice and you're either going to put vegetables, shrimp or chicken. Mm. And that was it. That was it. And that's maybe five. Yes. Right? Five right you there. Combo, you combinate yeah, 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 yeah. it. Yeah. And that's it. Wow. Yeah. And they eliminated, you know, waitresses, waiters, everything yeah, like that. Overhead stuff. Yeah. So for those out there that saying, well, I want to start a business and, you know, you had a lot of people got laid off from corporate America, mm. you know, especially in a recession, you'll get laid off. Like, well, I want to do my own business. Mm. And so I throw out there, like I said, that we talked about the barbers and the beauty salons, takeout restaurant, um, which is simple. Your location is important. You want to make sure it's by um, office buildings or colleges or, you know, and once again, entertainment, stuff with a lot of traffic mm-hmm. and people. Mm-hmm. Um transportation yeah everybody's ubering and lifting yeah and ubering doing lifting or doing like medical transportation in the medical field mm-hmm. yeah you know um home health care nursing medical transportation um anything in the medical field because that's recession proof people are always going to get sick yeah we get sick when we lose our jobs or yeah you know how we're going to pay yeah bills. people get older and yeah get sick yeah so that's not going to stop you know what i was looking at too just the pet industry because mm-hmm. people are having more pets than they're having kids. Oh, yeah? In a sense, like, there's this whole, you know, clothing line for pets, mm-hmm. grooming, spa, mm-hmm. overnight stay. Mm-hmm. Then there's, you know, uh, puppy cams, video cams. Mm-hmm. So there's technology and all the dog walkers. Yeah. There's a whole wow, thing. interesting. Yeah, it's a lot. It's not going away because yeah. people are like, in looking at millennials or people that are like, 
and you can put relationship in it, right? right? If they find that they can't find the right person to settle down, yeah. they're not getting married like they used to, like their mm-hmm. parents did. They're not having kids because they feel like they can't afford it or they don't want to raise a child by themselves. Mm-hmm. They're still living at home. They want someone to love. No, what's man's best friend? They get these puppies that are these pets that look really cute and cuddly wow. and then talk back. Yeah, don't talk back. <laughs> then talk they're back. not going to leave you. You don't have to go to college. So, so women, so, women like... I date a dog, now I'm going to have a dog. No, see, you, you <laughs> went too far. But it's something to think about So, because yeah. people are doing that. Empty nesters, mm. kids leave, then they get a pet and that kind of thing because they need some type of companionship or whatever, whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, I think that's something that we need to look into more. Yeah, and that's true because like, even like downtown Brooklyn, mm. it's gentrified, mm. they open up dog supermarkets see? because they're, you know, they live by themselves. They have a dog mm-hmm. and, you know, they'll walk the dog. And um, like you said, I guess the millennial. And, you know, you got to cater nowadays to the millennial because mm-hmm. that's the ones that's coming in. They, yeah. they, they're, they're, their dynamics is changing everything yeah. from real estate to business all the way down to technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, they're not looking into getting married and buying a big house. No. You know, what they're doing is they want a smaller house. Um, that's why, like, for those of you guys that want to get into real estate investing, you know, getting those older ranch style houses and just renovating them because the millennials like that older style and they want to be closer to town and they don't want a lot of space. You know, like I live way out in Africa. I had a 6,000 square foot house. I wouldn't want to do that again. You know, 6,000 square. Yeah, that was back then. But you know, when I was a millennial age, I mean, that was that time, you know, when I was a millennial age and these guys in their late twenties and thirties at that time, when I was that age, I wanted a 6,000 square foot house without three or four cars. That was that time in the nineties and two thousands, but things are different now. Yeah. So you got to adapt your buying towards that. Right. So like I said, when I build, I'm doing smaller homes, mm-hmm. closer in town, mm-hmm. like we talked about in Augusta mm-hmm. or townhouses. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go all the way out to the suburbs and build these mini mansions because they're not into that. No. So what you're saying is a hundred percent right that, they are either by themselves, they don't want a big family, and they want to, you know, get dogs, someone that's reliable. Yeah. You know, you got people are in and out. Them. People don't want to be mm-hmm. home like our yeah. mom and grandmother's cleaning the house all day. It's like, no, we ain't trying to do it. It's like, yeah. I'm in and out. I Uber mm-hmm. my food, right? Yeah. I door dash so people yeah. don't even cook mm-hmm. as much. You know, everything is just about convenience. Yeah. So yeah. it's just you got to look at those things. Anything that can provide convenience to the consumer might be a good business model. Yeah. And you said something else about Uber and DoorDash. Um, going back to the takeout restaurants. Another thing is that when you do like a small takeout restaurant, eliminating like a lot of space, a big menu where you got to buy a bunch of food and people might not order half the stuff on it. Mm. You got to have a waiter, a waitress, and you're held hostage by your chef and your cooks. When you have like a small takeout, you know, you keep this, the, the um, menu simple. Mm-hmm. You know, when you keep it simple, then you could just hire anybody to just mm emulate that menu. But like you said, um, people either gonna come take it out or they're gonna just order. Right. And I've seen a lot of my uh restaurants that do takeout, they stuff things like crazy. Mm. The DoorDash, the Uber Eats and the yeah. Postmate yeah. orders are coming in. Mm. And then they're just having it in and out, in and out. And they're doing like ten to fifteen dollars a pop. Yeah. But they're doing a volume. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really great. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about Augusta. You said it a couple of times today. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Augusta, if you mm-hmm. can. What's okay. going on? Is it growing? Is it building? Is it going to be like the next Atlanta? What's happening? It, it might it has a chance. You know, like what's happening in these uh, towns, you know, um, there's like mini gentrification or mini 
and I want to use gentrification because sometimes there's also just regular growth that's going on okay. in different towns and cities. Okay. You know, whereas, you know, you might have college expanding. The thing unique about Augusta is a big medical center. There's a big medical center hub in the middle of town mm. and it's always expanding. I mean, high tech, it looks like Emory mm. in the middle of this little town, city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of expansion that's going on. I'm looking into going out there. Mm. You know, we talked about it mm. and, you know, we could get in there, you know, with some other folks that's listening, want to really look into it, but it's good to get on a ground level to go in there and develop and build or rehab older homes because as the medical centers are expanding, the colleges in town are expanding. Naturally, people are going to want to live in the area, mm-hmm. you know, and move to the area for the jobs. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going on. And so that's really an opportunity to get in and flip because there's so many ways to make yeah, money, right? right? The Airbnb, mm-hmm. the getting the property and renting, or mm-hmm. just getting in and flipping. And you've done yeah. all, all of it. You've yeah. done all of it. Yeah. So in the, in this particular dynamic, it's going in and flipping per se. You could do either. Okay. Yeah, and I always tell people, you know, you either could do a mix because you want to flip to get your cash mm-hmm. to buy more stuff. Yes. Because you know you really need the cash, like all this no money down and all that. It's hard. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but you know you want to flip to get your cash to buy other stuff. But then you also want to hold for the long term. Right. So you want to have a mix of a portfolio, mm-hmm. and then also it depends on the person lifestyle. Right. Right. You know, like um. In the beginning, I like to travel. So I just was flipping because I didn't want to have the responsibilities of buying and holding. But now as I got older, I saw that buying and holding is important because of some stuff that I'm cashing out in Brooklyn Mm -hmm. is because I I held them, Mm -hmm. you know. And if I got rid of them, I wouldn't have the money I would make now. Mm -hmm. So you want to have a a mix of buying and holding, um, fix and flip. Then you also want to see, like, what do I want to do? Do I want to just fix and flip or do I want to do a tenant? So, you know, it depends yeah. on your personality and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, but it's a, it's an opportunity for all of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think the other thing too, Carl, is most people don't know where to get reliable help when you get these properties that require mm-hmm. it to be fixed up. Any recommendations on how to build a team, like a home improvement team? You, I know you got, mm-hmm. but recommendations on how we can get one going. Yeah, I mean, I always tell people, like, you want to go and just network with um, different contractors, plumbers. You want to meet different bankers, lawyers. You you want to have your circle of influence. There's a circle of people you want to have. And you want to have about two or three of each one. Mm. And that goes out with the networking. I want to have two or three realtors. I want to have two or three real, real estate lawyers. I want to have two or three contractors and two or three mortgage brokers so that all your eggs are not in one basket. Mm-hmm. So you can see who's going to give you the best deal, who's available, who could refer you deals also and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a good segue because, you know, we're doing a seminar. Mm-hmm. And the seminar that <laughs> me and Michelle is doing is on October 26th. Next Saturday. Next Saturday. <laughs> um, and she'll give you more details. But it was a perfect segue. Mm. Um, for those of you who missed the sem- seminar that we did before, we did talk about that. And some of the people that came to the seminar, they started enacting that mm-hmm. and put it into play. Mm-hmm. Because you want to, one, do your research in your areas, but you also want to build your team, a team of professionals that you could have mm-hmm. when you have a deal that you, you jump right into effect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah the seminar is coming up on Saturday, October 26th at the Philip Rush Center. We're going to start at 1030 in the morning, about an hour, hour and a half, where Carl is just going to go through everything. And he's right. The last time we had the, the workshop, a lot of people walked away with a lot of good information yeah. and put the plans in, in action, action. Yeah. and actually saw some changes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Started working with one another in the class to start mm-hmm. doing 
doing real estate investment and really starting to look at the market, mm-hmm. understanding that one even went to Airbnb classes wow. to understand like, okay, how to manage the properties and do mm-hmm. all that. So I think, you know, definitely if you got questions, you don't know, I think there's strength in numbers. So if you come to a workshop like this and meet other people, you could connect and build Mm -hmm. and get that fear off of you of having to do it by yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Because a lot of times that's why we're crippled because it's Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I'm doing this by myself, Mm -hmm. especially when we own a home already. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily always want to take another risk and bring that onto our family. But if there's a way that we can partner with some other people, Mm -hmm. then it's it's good because then it's like, okay, I'm not doing this by myself. And then right. we split responsibilities different yeah. ways, right? Yep. I mean, 100%, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when I, uh, what I'm seeing now, um, I don't know if it's a millennial or just in general with people, I see people doing stuff by themselves. Mm. They don't trust nobody. Yeah. They were trying to do it all by and It's hard. When I got in um, real estate, I was about mid 90s. It was about, five or six of us, all my frat brothers. Mm-hmm. And it took us two years before we closed our first deal. But we had fun in the process. Okay. We still talk about it today and everybody's still doing real estate. Mm-hmm. I mean, big time guys. Right, 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 guys right. that's millionaires by what we started. But we talked about how, you know, for two years, we was um just running around trying to do deals. Like I had the best credit, the best job. I was like, you know, the person that would do the application and this guy found the house. Mm-hmm. This guy would talk to the banker. Yeah. This guy would talk to the lawyer. Right. But it was easy because everybody was motivating each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like whenever we wanted to quit, somebody would step up and say, oh, man, don't quit. We're going to try it this way. OK. You know, and then um after then we started buying the houses at that point, everyone split up mm-hmm. to do it. But I mean, that time was the best time of our lives. It was like five of us just packed in the car, just driving around trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, and we was like 25 years old. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, once we started then getting the first house and this one got to this one got, but we was all still around mm-hmm. helping each other. Mm-hmm. So just some telling people that, yeah, you want to get a support group of people that's mm-hmm. going to motivate you, answer your questions. Um, you know, help you get guidance. It's really hard doing stuff by yourself, you know, even with a business, you know, you want to at least do a business with like, um, like-minded people because there's going to be days that you want to quit. You're going to get discouraged, but you know, you got to have that person like, Hey, you know, hang in there. Let's try this. Let's try that way. Because somebody may see something you're not seeing. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes people think that because they have a good credit score, mm-hmm. um, they have a budget, they may have a few stacks in the bank, that they're eligible to jump into commercial property. What are mm-hmm. kind of some of the guidelines in order to really get into that? Yeah, well, commercial property is a little different than residential. So, you know, residential is anything that's one to four family house, townhouse, condo, stuff like that. Something you're going to own or occupy. That's residential. On the commercial side, they're trying to relax some stuff mm. to grow more investment. So I have a couple of commercial um, loan products where people could buy one to four family houses or, or townhouses to rent out. Um, and it's not going to be under credit. It's going to be under tax ID number for the corporation that they develop. Mm. And they're going to get better rates. Mm. So now you don't got to go through a hard money lender mm. and you can put less money down. So now that makes it easy for people to get in on the uh, commercial side. That's if you get in like investment properties where you're going to rent to Airbnb or rent to, to a family or corporate rentals. Okay. Now, if you go looking into a strip mall or office building, everything like that, you just need more money. That's okay. it. It's all about money on that end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think for most, most people that are listening, it's probably going to be like that. The multi-unit 
uh, mm-hmm. family homes, that yeah. type of thing to really, mm-hmm. cause again, they see the, you can get all these rents and that kind yeah. of thing and just create options mm-hmm. because they want to be able to have the, it's all about the multiple streams. Carl. Yeah. Streams of income. Yeah. We're trying to get the multiple streams, yeah. bro. Uh, multiple stream and then the nest egg. Don't forget the nest egg. You got to get these streams, yeah, man. You can't get, have it all no by younger. yourself. You know, getting tired. Look what you told me the other day. You can't run up and down to New York like you see. No, I can't. I gotta work work on my nest egg. You know, I just want to lay down and watch some judge shows all day long. That's what I'm trying to do. I've been, I've been doing this for 20 years and it's been 60 dog years. When you're in real estate, it's dog years. Let me tell y'all. I'm going to really start talking to y'all. One year, human years is like three dog years in real estate. So I don't feel like I'm 60 mentally. Hey, but it's it's my money. I mean, but it's good. It's though. good. Yeah, it's my business. I haven't had a. I want to say a job. <laughs> I mean, it's been my business, but yeah. I haven't had a nine to five job since nineteen ninety eight. You know, blessings. blessings yeah, yeah, God yeah, that yeah, I survived yeah, this yeah, long. yeah. And I've been through all those cycles. I mean, tough cycles. And I own other businesses from a juice bar to a media company to a club. You know, um, but I've been fortunate to be able to start businesses employ people. I, not, I didn't have to go to work for anybody. And then after a while, I became unemployable. Because, you know, when you're on your own business, it's hard to get a job. And you're like, yeah. okay, you got an hour lunch break. Yeah. You're like, why? <laughs> you got to show up on time. Why? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a beautiful thing, you know, to um, own your own business and yes. own real estate. And you could take your kids where you want to take oh them. Oh, my gosh. It's hard work, but it's for you at the it's end of the day. So, you. even though I complain. You know, I say, well, it's for me at the end of the day. I don't got a boss. You, don't have you know, I mean, I get a check and go in my bank account. And you're home watching judge shows. Yeah, watching judge shows all day. Okay. And I'm just doing mortgages and getting loans and, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to make things happen. And, you know, I watch judge shows and stuff like that. Now, yeah. do you, you repair people's credit, don't you? Yeah, repair people's you credit. Still, yeah. You still doing that? Yeah, we do it for our in-house clients. So people that want to become an investor or get money to start a business, you know, if they're like a little bit off, we help them get to where they need to be mm. to get loans. Yeah. Mm. You do and, it and all. fast also. They do too much. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, got, I got to, you know, <laughs> settle down. Y'all, hey, y'all people out there, y'all got to come in and get on this team and let me just tell y'all what to do and y'all just cut me a check. That's where I want to be at. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm going to get on the team. I'm yeah, going to get yeah. on the I need, team. I need people on the I team. Because I need some bread. I need yeah. some bread. Because working for corporate, you're absolutely right. Because yeah. the expectation is, you know, you have to operate and perform at an exemptional level. level yeah. Right? And unfortunately, there's no pay to compensate the level of work that you're giving them. Yeah. The market is soft. Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying. The market is soft, especially when you're in some form of retail, because people are watching what they spend. It's yeah. like, if I don't need it, I'm not going to buy it. So then when people leave, those jobs don't get backfilled. You're working harder, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's happening. So it's like there is a, a culture or community of people that are like, instead of me working so hard for somebody else, mm-hmm. I want to work hard for myself. Exactly. But what does that look like and how do you get that going? So that's great that you can extend that to people. That is serious. Yeah, I mean, serious. I mean, um, in the 90s, I was a top salesman for a, a, a corporation. Mm. With health insurance, I was making over six figures mm-hmm. and then the stocks dropped and they, um, figured they could hire people like us for half. Yeah. Like seriously, like why pay y'all a hundred if we could get people coming to do it for 50. Mm. And then, um, thank God back then they was giving good severances. So that was my seed money to start my own business. Okay. Plus I had a couple of properties already. Mm-hmm. I had the equity. I pulled out and I started my business. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, you know, just seeing how there's just no stability with corporate America and the politics that you got to deal with. Yeah. You know, I, I think the politics is even worse than even the job description. Yeah, it is. It you is, know, yeah, it is, it is, it is. It pays the bills for now, but it is. So we got to do that until we can get on the promised land of entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah. So that's what that, every time I feel like I want to go back to a job, I hear y'all talk about the <laughs> politics and lunch breaks and and all that other stuff. Get going to work every day. The traffic in Atlanta is enough. Oh my God. <laughs> the, the one time of year that I get up at nine in the morning to go somewhere. Cause you know, I do get up early, but you know, everything's is on the phone mm. and email. Mm. But once every bloom, when I do got to get up and go downtown in the mm. morning, mm. I'm like, how do people do this twice a day? <laughs> this is incredible. The traffic in Atlanta. And then, you know, then you, you know, I go to New York, then you got to do with the subway. Yeah. 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 But I mean, how do people do that? You're so it's incredible. You are clueless yeah. to what we go yeah, through. Yeah. I mean, I did it one time. I had to pull over. I literally had to pull over at a gas station. And, and I just said, I'll, I'll be a little late. It was a meeting. And I, I just let the, just the, the rush out crowd just go ahead. Just go. Y'all just go you ahead. I, my nerves was rattled. My nerves was rattled for real. Like, I, I asked someone for a cigarette. And I was like, they do this two times a day. Incredible. I think that alone would make me want to start a business. <laughs> and it starts at 10 and it's over at 7. Oh, I'm done at 3. Yeah. yeah. No, rush hour is bad here in Atlanta. It's really bad. It's yeah. really bad. So what are the cities you have in mind as it relates to like your development plans and things like that? Can you share or no, not really? It's none of our business. Oh, it's everyone's business. <laughs> I mean, if someone want to get down with it, yeah, come on in. But I mean, you know, Charlotte is good and booming. A lot of expansion, you know, a lot of banks are based out of Charlotte. They're always expanding. Mm-hmm. They just expanded the highway out there, 77. So, you know, um, that's a good thing to look at. Um, um, Tampa. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Baltimore. There's always something going on. Baltimore, they're expanding, um, Morgan State. I drove by there the other day. Really? Yeah. They expanded more. It's beautiful over there. Morgan State wow. University. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Tampa. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Why? Is it because Orlando's oversaturated? So what? Is Tampa the next best thing? Or You know, the, you know corporations always opening up. The weather. There. People want to mm-hmm. go down there. Stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of development. Mm-hmm. Nothing in the Midwest? Not that I know. Of. Okay. Yeah. You're just a North, they, you're they, an Eastern they, guy. They, they don't like New Yorkers that much in the Midwest. <laughs> why not? I mean, the whole other stories. Like me when I lived in Dallas. What, that was fun. What? What? Why not? Yeah. Why don't they like I'm Dallas Cowboys? They hate New Yorkers out there. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And they, yeah, the minute I saw talking, my accent is very thick. I yeah, see. you was probably flossing yeah. when you were down there. <laughs> and I had that New York attitude. They're like, you get out of flossed. here. Yeah. yeah. So they was like, get out of here with the that. And I said, forget about it. They, they were like, was okay. like, yeah, they didn't yeah, like you. Yeah. yeah. Midwest is, there's money making the Midwest, but I got to have a Midwest. Bro. If someone, if someone in the Midwest that want to team up with me, I'll come on. <laughs> yeah, I could be my front man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's next for you? What's, what's next for you in the next year? What does your 2020 look like? Um, I want to finish off some new books. Okay, because we've, yeah. we've done five. I heard you say yeah, five. Yeah, so I want to do some more books. Okay. Um, my nonprofit, the mm-hmm. financial, um, the, the Agar Financial Foundation is my nonprofit for the financial literacy. So I want to do more seminars and nice. speaking. Nice. Um, you know, just educating people once again on the economy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's it. Just trying to, um, Buy some good houses and, and some good 
and properties and yeah. and make money so I can watch more judge shows. There's more coming out. <laughs> no, seriously, there's really more judge shows coming out. I watch so many judge shows, I really feel I'm a lawyer. You know, Judge Jerry, that's a new one. And um, they got Faith. the guy personal injury. Okay. Yeah. And there's Faith. There's a judge named Faith Jenkins or something. You Probably. Watch? Yeah. It's so many now. It's, it just keeps you busy I all count, day. I count about 12. 12? You watch 12? I, no, I watch maybe four. But it's about 12 judge shows, at least. Yeah. I was going to say, you need a job, but you got a job. I got a job. But it's just there. So you, when I'm on the phone, I just watch you, it. That's just background contentment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to do CNN, but, you know, it's too negative. It's heavy. Yeah. Because it's, it's tweeting. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, tweets. yeah. You know, CNN, all that is this negative stuff. I don't watch soap operas. But the judge, but honestly, the judge shows are good because you learn a lot from the judge shows. Uh. Yeah. And when you see people suing each other and, you know, you hear the stories and what to do, what not to do. And one thing, Michelle, do not lend anybody money and they tell you they're going to pay you back with their tax refund. You might not get it. It's a common thing that I see people do on the judge shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you do lend somebody money, make sure you send a text saying, hey, are you going to pay me back? If they say, yeah, you can use that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Technology. Yeah. Look at my producer. She's shaking her head like, yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah. You, you're just a mess. How can people find you, Carl? Okay. So I have the special that I always do on Real Chicks Rock. <laughs> okay. Um. This is my third time on the show, and I have a special. So, you know, I these are my books, but I have them all in ebook form. Okay. So you got Getting Real Out of uh, Improving Your Credit, where I teach you how to improve your credit score and budgeting. Um, Getting Real Out of Real Estate, where I teach you how to uh, buy your first property, whether it's an investment property or if it's a uh, your owner-occupied, how to get in commercial real estate, stuff like that. And then we have getting real out of starting a business where I teach you how to start your business, nonprofit, get funding, everything like that. So for those of you here that's listening to this show, whether it's on the podcast, realchicksrock.com, whether it's on the YouTube channel, also like and subscribe on her YouTube channel. Thank you. Um, or if you're on Facebook Live, yes. if you IM me on Facebook, call Agard. Or you join my Facebook group, the 800 Credit Score Club, mm. and you IM me. Um, or you follow me on Instagram and DM me, Carl Agard underscore the money expert. So once again, Instagram find me, Carl Agard the money expert, Carl Agard underscore the money expert. Um, and on Facebook, you can find me through Carl Agard either personally or through my group the 800 credit score club if you t message me and say that you found me through this show i will give you all three of these books the ebooks for free mm. okay knowledge is power so you would get all three ebooks not one not two but all three ebooks for free if you join if you follow me on social media and you give me a message you get all three books for free mm. um Say how they can find me. That's everything yeah, there. Yeah, that's yeah, enough yeah, right that's there. That's a few things. You got some homework to do. So if you want to see this guy in person, because I think you, you'll probably be my last workshop for the year, most likely, because it's already November. Yes, end of the year. Yeah, the end we're of the year down. is done, and yeah. people are going to start celebrating Christmas by humbug. I'm usually on that every holiday. But, yeah, before we close out the year, I didn't think of it. I thought, what better way to start off your new year? 
mm-hmm. with the tools and the techniques that you need for financial empowerment and freedom with real estate, et cetera, and everything, getting your credit score, getting your life right with your credit score, um, you know, um, credit repair, whatever, um, come see this guy. So he's going to be with us on Saturday. That's a, uh, this week coming up Saturday at the Philip Rush Center at uh, doors open at 1030. We have it on Eventbrite. So, oh, it's really 10 o'clock. Come at 10 o'clock. It's from 10 to 2 on October. October. Don't show up late. I got, yeah. I really should tell the people come at 9 so that they can come by Yeah, 930, 945. Come yeah, because remember they came late last time. Yeah. Come We're going to start at 10 and we're going to go to about noon. So it's about two hours of Carl Ahark. Agark, and we're going to talk about everything. We're going to peel this back even deeper. This was just really for um, the show for today, but you know, having a one-on-one conversation, and then there's other people in the room that are asking very good questions. Yeah. Um, this very good dialogue and information. So bring a pen, bring a paper. Somebody didn't bring a pen and a paper the last time they came. We had to provide that. So bring a pen and a paper. Use your phone. Your phone is smart. Take notes in your phone. Check out websites as it comes out of his mouth. Just capture all that stuff. Um, so that you're empowered and know what's your path and the way you need to go for next year. So go online. It's on Eventbrite. Real Chicks Rock presents our financial management workshop. This is numero two. It's the second one this year with Carl because he likes coming back. Yeah. With the information. I like coming back. Y'all are fun. He, he likes. Yeah. He likes Real Chicks Rock. And so for that, we like that. So Carl, thank you. Thank you for also. your time for today. Um, me, you know where I am, but I got some announcements. Like I said at the beginning of the show, we celebrated uh, 10 years with Tambor Party. Congratulations to Stan Zeff and the whole Tambor Party family for celebrating 10 years. It was an awesome night last night. So thank you guys for coming out and, and rocking with us last night. Like I mentioned, go to Eventbrite to join us next Saturday at 10 a.m. for financial management. You need this. You need this. Even if you're doing the right thing. You need this because there's some nuggets and some gems in there to help you get your finances and your real estate and just your credit and everything to the next level. So we want to capitalize off of this guy because other people in other places would charge us a whole lot more to do this. So make sure you come out and support and have that conversation. And if it's not for you, come and ask for a friend. Yeah, tell a friend, I have tell a friend, a friend yeah. that has this uh-huh. situation. So come and bring that friend. So get empowered with that. You know me, Real Chicks Rock, we're always about collaboration. And so it's no different. November looks a little bit heavy. We got a lot of things going on. So we got Rock Funk Soul at Bankman's on November 9th. That is Hot Ice Live presents. Shouts out to Hot Ice Live. Always bringing out the dope live shows at Bankman's and at City Winery. It's going to be Katie Burgess, Burgess and Friends. It's no different. Little John Roberts is on drums. Come on, you know you want it. Tickets are on sale. That's going to happen November 9th. Let me back it up for me. Hey, I'm going to be at Buteco. <laughs> the Pulse, November 2nd. So you know what that is. For you guys that have been coming out, thank you. Continue to bring a friend. It's all about networking, building our brand, inspiring one another, kind of building those building blocks with some nice music in the background. That's what it is. They got drinks and food, but we're there to network and build each other up as a community. We're going to be there at Butecos, um, November 2nd. That's on a Saturday. We start at three and we go until. So join us there. Start building your November calendar. Start it from the 26th of October. Go to the uh, financial management. Come check us out on November 2nd. Check out Hot Ice Live presents, um, 
with Katie Burgess and friends at Vankments on November 9th. So that'll get you going. We got a couple of weeks in the things, pipeline. Yeah, a few things for the There's a few yeah, things yeah, for uh-huh. you to do. Don't yeah, everything. We got in the year, right? Been a long, rough year for some folks. Come on out and pop it right for the new year. Get your life. Meet some people that are about the same things that you're about. Um, this show is no different. It is powered by, mm-hmm, the shows are sponsored and powered by different people each week. Now, this week is by Second Nature. Yeah, come on, Dorian Sewell, uh, owner and designer and gardener. Yeah. So listen, we had some cold weather that shook us this week, but before that, it was like 90 degrees and this, that, mm-hmm. and the other. So for your landscaping needs, today is nice. You need to make sure you get your lawn care and your landscaping solidified and locked down for the winter. Get it right. Do it right. Check out Second Nature. She's powering the show today. Her number is 470-424-4222. She, I am her client. I, I, I'm telling you, my lawn looks absolutely great. She's done my landscaping and my house is much better for it. And you know, she gives you this little thing. I don't know if you can see. I'm going to try to hold it up right. And you get a little flower in the back. Ooh, it's wow. so cute. So you know, presentation is the key. So come on, support your own female black mm. business owner. We're all about that. Second Nature Exterior Design, Decor and Gardens. Dorian Sewell, owner and designer. Call her at 470-424-4222. That's my time. Listen, you guys follow me. Like Carl said, subscribe YouTube. We're on iTunes, iHeart, Pandora. This is going to be everywhere. Come on and grow with me. I need you. I can't do this without you. I need your support. So follow me and subscribe. We're on uh real, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you got a questions, any concerns, comments, suggestions on shows that we should do in 2020, I'm open to that. Slide that into my DM on any one of the mm-hmm. platforms. We'll be more than happy to respond and, and see what we can do for 2020. I'm already booked for the rest of the year. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. And then I have people like you that want to come back. Yeah. I got guests that want to come back, so we got to figure out how to bring them back and just make the show. Energy's good. You know, Before the end of the year, we got to have a mega, mega show, everybody. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. I think we should do it in December, like a Christmas party Ooh, and a mega show. I may yeah. need a bigger space for that. Yeah. I can't fit them all in here. Let's do it remote. Yeah, I got to do remote. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to need some sponsors for that. Yeah. We need sponsors uh-huh. for the show. We're going to need sponsors for that event because I'm a non Come on, y'all. I'm a nonprofit, so I'm going to need that. But that's a great idea. Yeah. Maybe if not December, kick it off the first of the year because your schedule's busy. you the main one saying, let's do it, and then you working well, on I love deals. a Christmas party. Uh-huh. I love a Christmas you party. You love a Christmas party. Yeah. With your bar humbugs. Yeah, I'm going to have my um, Santa hat yeah, on everything. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have a Santa hat on. You're going to have gifts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. You lying with the hesitation. Look, it's a hesitation. Yeah, yeah. My eyes darting around. Yeah, yeah. 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 Come on, Brooklyn. He's I, like, I, No, yeah. I have gift, the gift of knowledge. The gift of the knowledge. Best one, the, the gift best, of knowledge. The best one. You know, when my kids ask me for something, I say, I'll give you some knowledge. Yeah. Well, what would I just post up? Do you want when I post up on my Instagram? And if you guys, you go on my Instagram, I have a lot of good tips, a lot yeah, of good do. tips about yeah, credit. But do you want to uh, someone teach you fish or someone give you fish? Right. Yeah. Or you want somebody to teach you how to fish. There you go. Right. Yeah. I just posted it up the other day. So yeah. basically, I give a gift for Christmas. But it's going to be the gift of knowledge. It's going to be the gift. Oh, yeah. I can't take that to Bank of America yet. But we'll see what we can do. That's my time for today. Until next time, you guys take care and continue to rock on. Bye. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to RCR Presents Real Discussions. Until next time, you take care and continue to rock on.